Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, hello. Good morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Heartway, the best place in the world to be on a Sunday morning. We had this Heartway Healer social event on spirituality and success on Friday night, and the energy and the love was so palpable that I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just like so excited that I like didn't know what to do. And there was actually uh, someone after the event that came up to me and said, I have never felt like I've had a place to belong until tonight. And then she looks at me and she's like, look at the hairs on my arm. And they're all like standing up. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know, that we can provide a sense of belonging for people. That's why we do this. So that you can feel like you belong to a part of something. And that you are welcomed here just the way that you are. We're not going to try and fix you. We're not going to try and change you. We trust that if there's any fixing or changing that needs to be done, God will take care of that. And it'll happen in its own time, in its own way, because God has his own processes for making those things come about. For us, we just want to create the space where that kind of life change and transformation can happen. And it starts, first and foremost, with you being willing to be yourself. I had somebody the other day who uh, started sharing about a divorce that they went through and super, super emotional for this person. Uh, after we had hung out a couple days later, we were chatting and they were like, hey, listen, Danny, I'm so sorry that I was just crying and like letting that all out. I'm sure that's probably not what you wanted at that time. You're always listening to people and helping them through their problems. And I was just dumping that on you. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I'm like, why are you saying I'm sorry? I'm like, there's no need to say you're sorry. For me, if somebody feels safe enough to be vulnerable and to open up and express their emotions, that means a whole lot. And that, that means you trust me with your emotion. Wow, that's amazing. I, would, I love being able to be a safe space for you. And so not only is that the case with me as an individual, but with us as a collective, that's, that's our heart. That's our heart. So I want you to know that, that you're safe here and that you belong here. Now, today's message is inspired by a question that I was asked recently by somebody about how to navigate times of uncertainty. And the first thing that came to my mind when I was asked that question is that there is no such thing as times of uncertainty. <laughs> All time is uncertain. Everything is always uncertain. Life is uncertain. There's never a time when things aren't uncertain. You just think everything is certain in the moment. 
But nothing is ever certain in this world. Now, our brains have evolved in such a way that we see uncertainty as a threat. We crave predictability. We crave safety, consistency, control. And so if we are not equipped with the proper tools to handle uncertainty in those moments when it's more prominent and we're more aware of it than previously, how are we going to respond to that uncertainty? Well, fear, stress, anxiety, because it is scary not to know. My goal today is to get into your head that even when you think you know, you really don't know, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing not to know. Certainty gives us this illusion that we know, and we start to live in this fantasy that everything is safe and predictable. But life gets really hard for people who are certain because reality is not going to cooperate with your view of it all the time. If you think this is the way things are just supposed to go, one plus two equals three, you are in a wrong universe, okay? Because that's literally, that's just not how it works here, okay? So when our dreams and our fantasies and our illusions of safety and predictability get rocked, when that bubble gets bursted, oh my goodness, the, the pain and the, and the hurt and the sorrow and the suffering that ensues is is deep. It's very, very hard to deal with uncertainty. But you cannot escape the uncertainty of life. You cannot escape the uncertainty in life. Any domain of life that you even want to discuss, you can't escape uncertainty in your profession, in your career. I know people personally who have had it all, and then they had nothing. <laughs> With your finances, with your relationships. I'm saying, no, my relationship is so safe and secure. We've been together for so long and we love each other. And okay. <laughs> you know, somebody could say, I love you and you're the best thing in the world. And the reality can be a little bit different. You really don't ever know what's going on inside of a human being. Even when somebody tells you, no, this is the case, this is the case. Do you ever really know? Now, I'm not, I'm not purposely trying to scare you. Some of you are like, why are you taking my security away from me? I need this security. No, I just want to remind you not to find security in places where it really can't be found. In another person, that's a bad place to try and find your security. In a job, that's a bad place to try and find your security. In your money, it's a bad place to find your security. So where do I find my security, Danny? We're going to get there in a little bit, okay? <laughs> We're going to get there in a little bit. But some of us have this obsession with planning, right? We try and preconceive every possible outcome, and we attempt to plan and prepare for all of those outcomes. I see people like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay? If you really want to be prepared, it's not so much about planning for every possible outcome as if that's even possible to do. It's about developing a mindset that can handle uncertainty, developing a mindset that can allow you to be comfortable with the uncertainty of life. 
It's a good thing that everything is uncertain. The soul actually loves it. The ego has a hard time with it because the ego wants to control everything and the ego wants to know. But the soul loves and enjoys uncertainty because it's what keeps life fun. All of the surprises that come our way, all of the twists and turns. You don't know what's going to happen next because anything can happen. So when you accept that anything can happen, you're not as unsettled when it does. A mindset that is able to handle uncertainty is a mindset that expects the uncertain. It expects change. Some of us just expect things to always go according to our plan. We expect things to always go our way. The alternative is, I'm going to expect things not to go the way that I plan them to go. I'll have a plan, and I'll execute the plan, but I'm also going to expect that things may not work out exactly the way that I plan them to go. Now, when people come to places like this, church, we come looking for isms, for doctrines, for beliefs to help us feel safe and secure and certain in a world that is constantly changing and moving and shifting. But have you considered that your desire for certainty, your desire for a belief system that can encapsulate all of reality and give you this perfect vision of how things are is actually rooted in fear? You are looking for grounding and a sense of groundedness in a universe that actually has no bottom. So even if God is that bottom for you and God is that foundation, God is totally unpredictable. You don't know what God is going to do from one moment to the next. So some of y'all thought I was going to say, find your security in God. Good luck. Good luck. Really. You guys remember that sermon where I was like, gotcha. God loves you. Like, gotcha. Come on. It's just that's how it works. Even God is unpredictable. There is no security. There is no certainty. <laughs> Welcome to Heartway, everybody. <laughs> positive messages that are going to inspire you to live your life every day and get better. So we look for beliefs. And beliefs are, are necessary. We need beliefs to navigate this world. Beliefs wouldn't be a problem if we understood the temporary and incomplete nature of our beliefs. But we tend to view our beliefs as being absolutely true. We tend to see our beliefs as being unquestionably, unquestionably true. Whatever is handed down to us by tradition is something that cannot be questioned. This is what it is. This is how it's always been. And this is what we can be certain about. And my buddy Adam, who leads our men's retreat, actually was telling me this story on Friday. And I was like, you know what? I'm talking about something like that on Sunday. And I want to ask if you can come up and share this nice little parable about tradition. So let's give it up for Adam. Look at this guy. Thanks for uh, inviting me up here. So uh, there's this story about this uh, martial artist. And he goes to his master, and he says, Master, why do we tie our belt around our waist three times when all the other schools only tie it around their waist twice? And the master said, no, this is tradition. This has been passed down 
by the wise masters, this is the right way. This is the way we do it. The student didn't like that answer, so he said, Master, uh, what's the name of your master? I want to, uh, I want to ask him. And uh, his master was on like a mountain somewhere else, and he traveled and journeyed to find the, the master to his master. And he said, uh, Grandmaster, why is it we tie our belt around three times when all the other schools just do it twice? And the master said, oh, this has been passed down in our school. Uh, I learned this from my master. And this is the right way. This is the way we do it. This is the way it's always been done. And he visits master after master. He works his way up to the chain. And finally, he reaches like the master to his master to his master to his master. And he's like, grandmaster, why do we tie our belt around our body three times? And the, the grand grandmaster said, well, I'm kind of skinny. And so if, uh, if I do it twice, the belt hangs a little low. So I tie it around three times. So it's not too low. Let's give it up for Adam. Thank you. So ridiculous, and that's really how it is, though. Things are just passed down, and we take it as if it's true, and this is the way that it's always been done, and we don't question anything, and we're just certain about it, and we don't even realize what it is that we're repeating. Why? Why do you believe what you believe? Just because somebody told you to believe it? Do some investigation for yourself. Like I always encourage us, make your faith your own. Don't just do it because this is how it's always been done. Don't just believe it because this is the way it's always been in our family. No. Be the black sheep. Go your own way. Chart your own path. What happens when we're very certain is, of course, we think we're right. And if we're right, that means other people who don't believe the way we do are wrong. So now all of a sudden, because of something called certainty, we have an in-group and an out-group. And that increases the polarization of our world. Certainty is what happens when you hold one view to the exclusion of all others. And if we're not careful, we only start to digest and intake information that confirms what we already believe to be true. And anything that doesn't align with our belief system, we discard or we discredit or we feel threatened by. So how in the world could there be forward movement? How can there be collaboration if our mentality is, I am certainly right and you are certainly wrong? You need a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of humility to be able to say, hey, this is how I see it, but there's other ways to see it. How do you see it? Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to take what you're saying, and I'm going to see how I can integrate that into my worldview, and I'm going to chew the meat and spit out the bones, and this sounds good, and this doesn't sound too good, but you understand you're doing some discernment now. And you're allowing other people to influence you in a positive way. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. My brother Tommy put up on his Instagram recently. He was on his phone when I just called his name. And he's scared now. Pay attention, man. <laughs> so Tommy put up on his Instagram the other day this tweet that someone put up. Well, what are, what are they calling tweets now? Because it's not tw Twitter, it's X. A what? 
A Z? This is weird, man. All right, whatever. It was a tweet, okay? So this guy wrote a tweet, and he was talking about that. There was a group that did a survey. They surveyed a bunch of very committed, church-going Christians about rating Jesus on the ideological spectrum. So where do you rate Jesus on the ideological spectrum? Here are the results. 75% of liberal Christians identify Jesus as a liberal. 75% of conservative Christians identify Jesus, guess how, as a conservative. How convenient! Can you, and they all had Bible verses. No, Jesus was a socialist. Let me show you. No way. Jesus was against this. Let me show you. And they have all their proof. You know, the Bible says that we're created in the image of God, but we also create God in our own image too. So who are you? What kind of person are you? And what kind of God are you imagining in your mind? Because whatever God that you imagine will be the kind of human that you become. And if your God is judgmental and divisive and mean-spirited and exclusive, you shall be that way too. But if your God is loving and all-inclusive and kind and compassionate, what do you think is going to happen to you if that's the image that you constantly have in your mind and that you reflect on and that you meditate on? We always think that God is on our side. That's the issue with certainty. God is for you and against everybody else. It's interesting how this works with generations, like older generations and newer generations, politically and religiously. Older generations, they have their own values and priorities that they stand for and believe in. The newer generations come and they're like, nah, we don't like none of that. We're going to do this. We don't see it that way. We see it like this. The older generation is like, no, no, no. We got to pull back the reins. We got to keep the status quo. We got to maintain the tradition. And the new people are like, tradition? Bah. You see these extremes, right? So oftentimes there's like this middle ground. In this tug of war that happens, there's this middle ground that's, that's found between the two extremes. And things progressively continue to move forward. Sometimes we take steps backwards. Sometimes we take steps forward. What's forward for some people is backwards for others. What's backwards for some people is forward for others. So this whole thing is just so confusing and crazy. <laughs> but we are ever-evolving. You understand, we are ever-evolving. My friend uh, Cody Deese, he's the pastor of a church in Atlanta called Vinings Lake. Shout out to my brother Cody. And they have a community and a church that shares very similar values as Heartway. And recently he put up a video on his Instagram. I guess they're going through some change in, in that community. And he said, we used to be a contemporary Baptist church. We used to be a progressive non-denominational church. But that's not who we are. Who we are is an ever-evolving spiritual community. So they're moving into this new 
identity as just an ever-evolving spiritual community because we don't want to pin ourselves down as being this. We're ever-evolving. That's how it works with you and I as human beings. We're ever-evolving. Is anybody here the same person that they were 10 years ago? All right, some of you are like, thank God I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. But some of y'all 10 years ago were willing to die for some of the things that you believed in that now you think are foolish. How crazy is that? Sometimes people are so certain about their beliefs concerning God that they're willing to do very ungodly things to defend those beliefs. Some of us are so certain about issues of justice that we become unjust in the way that we promote our agenda. So there's a huge discrepancy here. you got to realize you don't know. Keep your mind open. Life really don't make sense, people. Have you realized? <laughs> have, I, have you realized that you are currently, right now, in this moment, on a space rock yeah. that is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour? How, how long? Whatever, bro. You guys are just... Whatever. Okay, you get the point. We're spinning super fast, okay? We're in the middle of nowhere. Space. What is space? What is a black hole? What happens if you go inside of a black hole? Yeah. You know? And by the way, this infinite nothingness that this space rock is floating in is continually expanding. Nothingness is expanding forever. Does that make sense? Doesn't to me. Okay. I don't know. That's what my nine year old nephew asked me the other day. What? If the universe is always expanding, then what is it expanding into? That's a great question. That's a wonderful question. That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> what I know is that I don't know. That's, that's what I know. And I like to think of how minuscule we are, like the fact that our planet is just one planet out of billions of planets in our galaxy. And our galaxy is just one galaxy out of billions of other galaxies in the universe. And then the scientists that say, oh, by the way, it's not just a universe. There's a multiverse, <laughs> right? So it's like this, this whole thing is so much bigger than anything you could imagine. What would make you think that you could confine God to a belief system? How, how, how does that work? Let things be a mystery. Some of you may say, well, Danny, God never changes. Of course, but your beliefs about God change. And I hope they continue to. Someone says, well, the word of God never changes. Well, your interpretations may change over time. And it's a good thing that they do. Because there was a time when there were certain people who promoted slavery with the Bible. There's still some religious communities that say, ah, women, you, can, you guys can teach the children. But you can't be up on the stage speaking. That's for men. And here's the Bible verse. And there's Bible verses. Okay, so we've justified a whole lot of things with our interpretations. 
Sure, God is God and the Bible is the Bible. But the way that you interpret God and interpret the Bible, that's something that's ever-evolving, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing that it's ever-evolving. Look at this quote from Richie Rohr, my favorite priest. He says, my scientist friends have come up with things like principles of uncertainty and dark holes. They're willing to live inside imagined hypotheses and theories. But many religious folks insist on answers that are always true. We love closure, resolution, and clarity while thinking that we are people of faith. How strange that the very word faith has come to mean its exact opposite. Faith is not certainty. Faith is trust in the midst of uncertainty. You understand? There's an ancient Greek maxim that says certainty brings ruin. And that is certainly the case, especially not only in regards to our beliefs about God, but also our beliefs about ourselves. Right? If you have strong beliefs about yourself, either in the positive polarity or the negative polarity, you're going to have an unbalanced and unrealistic view of who you are. You may think to yourself, I'm a really good person. Okay, I'm a really good person. Well, if your belief is really that you're a really good person, you're deluded. Because everybody has a little bit of bad in them. And if you think to yourself, I'm a really bad person. I'm a horrible person. You're also deluded. Because every bad person got a little bit of good in them too. So if your sense of identity is rooted in this belief, I am good, and somebody else calls you out and says, no, you're not, you'll see yourself become bad real quick. So it's about having a balanced view of yourself. Even Jesus, when someone said good teacher, and they called him a good teacher, he said, no one's good but God. Right? I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to live under the weight of that expectation because I know to a lot of people I'm bad. You realize that to a lot of people who were interacting with Jesus, they thought he was bad. They thought he was doing something bad. So they crucified him as a criminal. So he's like, oh, don't call me good. Only God is good. I'm not going to live up to that expectation. And so the good thing is when you don't have a very strong self-image, you don't get as defensive when people see you in a negative light. And they will. They will. It doesn't matter how good you actually are. There will be people who see you in a negative light. And so if I don't need to be seen in a positive light, then I can respect you when you don't see me in that way. Hey, you may actually be right. Somebody says, Danny, you're a bad person. And I say, well, thanks. I'll think about it. Maybe you're right. Could be true. What do I have to defend? For what? You, know, so you can allow people to have their opinions about you. And you can go on about your business. Some days I'm good, some days I'm bad. 
That's how it works. You know, and when you do things that are bad, you take responsibility and you learn from it. And you grow. And when you do things that are good, you don't take the credit for it. That's it. Some of us also have a lot of certainty around the roles and responsibilities that we have, right? So like I am, like in my case, I'm a pastor. Or for you, I am this, I am a leader, I am the boss. Well, how do you know that what you are today is what you will be tomorrow? There's no certainty even in your role. There's no certainty even in the work that you do. That's not a place to find your security. That's not a place to put your identity. Because who you are today may not be who God is calling you to be tomorrow. We are ever evolving. We're ever evolving. Another area where certainty brings ruin is in relation to other people. Sometimes we are so harsh in our judgments towards other people. I mean, we act like we're God. And we make these declarations on other people. And it doesn't matter what they say or what they do. They'll never be able to outgrow the version of them that we have in our heads. Some of you have been the victims of that. And you've tried to change. And you've become a different person. But there's some people who know, like, who you were three versions ago. But they don't know who you are now. <laughs> right? So when we put other people in a box like that, it keeps us from truly seeing who they are right now in this moment. Like it was alluded to earlier, God's mercies are new every morning. So I receive that mercy. Doesn't matter who I was yesterday. Today is a new day. And when you receive that mercy for yourself, you extend it out to other people too. Some of us, maybe in our workplace, there's somebody that we know, we're certain they don't like us. And we have all the evidence and the proof that they don't like us. And we go in to work every day with that mindset, oh, there they are. That person doesn't like me. And now, because you think they don't like you, guess what? You are going to act like you don't like them. And the cycle perpetuates and continues. But things may be different. Things may change. You got to leave things open. Who knows? But when you're certain, you're not able to see people for who they really are in the moment. So my point in communicating all of this to you today is that you don't see things as they really are. You see things as you are. Okay, so all of your perceptions, all of your interpretations are constructions of your mind. And it's helpful to see it like that and to make a distinction between how you view reality and reality because there's a difference. Oftentimes we collapse those two things. But your perceptions and your interpretations are constructions of your mind. And a lot of times, these constructions of your mind are very biased on the basis of your very limited experiences. So if you're just going by your own biased perceptions and interpretations of the way things are, you understand you're not seeing things clearly. So what's important is, to put on this don't know mind. It keeps the, the mirror of your mind polished. 
so that what you're reflecting can be clear. God loves to reveal things to us gradually anyways. It's not like God just shows you everything all at once. God reveals things to us gradually so we never get to the point where we say, I figured it out. I figured it out. When I was in seminary school, there was a form of theology called systematic theology that I happened to be obsessed with. And there would be these huge tomes written by theologians that literally broke down everything so that by the end of the book, you had a perfect foolproof system of how God works, how the universe works, how humanity works, and that's it. Can you imagine? It sounds like a lot of free time. I did have a lot of free time. I did. I did. So certainty brings ruin. you got to keep yourself open. Allow yourself to ask questions. And think about it. Isn't it true that sometimes the greatest blessings that we've experienced in our lives have come after times of uncertainty? Like you, you didn't know what was going to happen next. You were scared out of your mind, and then boom, God blessed you with wifey. Right? Yeah, I'm speaking into existence, manifesting. Right? You didn't know, you didn't know what was going to happen next. You were scared out of your mind, confused, and then the dream job came. Some of the biggest blessings come after those times of uncertainty when we're scared out of our mind. So don't, don't rush to conclusions. Don't rush to make sense of things. Don't try and have all of it figured out. Embrace not knowing. Get comfortable with the uncertainty. It's less important to have the right answers and it's more important to ask the right questions. Am I asking questions that lead to more life, more love, more joy, more peace? If all of my perceptions and interpretations are constructions of my mind, Am I constructing something that's life-giving? That is the question. And when you come across situations when you realize that your mindset isn't leading to life-giving experiences, you make adjustments. Because you know that you don't know. So you're humble enough to correct yourself. You're humble enough to be corrected. And you're willing to say, I don't know. That's, I know. that's so hard for people to say, I don't know. Some of us, it's like, you know exactly where everyone's going to go after they die. Right? We, that, that's something that has happened in religion and church. Like, we know. I already know where this person's going when they die. Really? You know, I, 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 I know where you're going. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> So, whatever, man. I don't know what you got out of this today. Super weird message today. But, it, but hey, I hope you got something out of this. God, we thank you that we don't know anything. May you protect us and bless us on this uncertain path. Our hope, God, is that we can meet the uncertainty of life with an open heart and an open mind courageously, Lord, knowing that you're carrying us every step of the way. I bless every person underneath the sound of my voice. Guide them, direct them, be with them. Amen. Okay, awesome. Love you.
Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch you next Sunday.